Welcome to this podcast of the Sunday Message from Hope Gateway in Portland, Maine. We'd love to have you join us for worship Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., currently on Zoom and broadcast live on Facebook. Visit our website at hopegateway.com to learn more. Whether you live near or far, we hope you find this message to be meaningful. Wherever you are, join us in doing justice, loving kindness, and walking humbly with God. catch it the first time. I am Sarah, the Merrill lead pastor here at Hope Gateway, and I use she and her as my pronouns, and this is the first Sunday in the season of Epiphany. We are going to hear that story today, and it's a story that everybody thinks is a Christmas story, and it is, and it isn't. But it's a story full of audacity, audacious characters who set bold goals and disrupt expectations. During these next three weeks, we're going to focus on some audacious historic characters who changed the world for the better. Not for their own fame and fortune, but for the betterment of the world and the societies in which they lived. Today, we'll be focusing on Louisa Moreno, as Elizabeth introduced us to, a Latina labor not organizer. And next week we'll be focusing on the story of the Greensboro Four, four young men who launched the Woolsworth Lunch Counter Citizen Movement during the civil rights campaigns of the 60s. They watched the star. They what? The star. The Magi found the star. They did. And, the, and then the week after that, we're going to learn about Hildegard von Bingen. A brilliant scientist, mathematician, visionary, and female spiritual leader in the church when all of that was unheard of for anyone, let alone a woman. So, as we set out on this journey, I'd like to begin by reading the story of the Magi's journey to meet baby Jesus. And our ideas about this story have been greatly influenced by carols and stories and pageants. But there is a truth that is only possible to find if we just read the words of Matthew's gospel with attention to the details and an openness to see what is there and what isn't there. And the framework I'd like to invite us to engage in today is from Dr. Eric Vanden Eichel, who argues in his new book, Magi, that Matthew is a political writing, the Gospel of Matthew, and that the Magi story is very much talking about the tension between the Roman rule and the Judean society in an ethno-political sense. And I'll share more of Dr. Van Den Eichel's thoughts after we hear the scripture itself. So hear these words from the Gospel of Matthew in the second chapter beginning with verse 1. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, Magi came from the east to Jerusalem, asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star in the east and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened. 
and all of Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judah, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For, you sh from, for from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the Magi and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. And then he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. When you have found him, bring me word that I may also go and pay him homage. When they heard the king, they set out and there ahead of them when, went the star that they had seen in the east until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with his, Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country. So, here is Dr. Vanden Eichel's wisdom on the Magi, mixed with some of, my, some of mine after reading his. So these mysterious ones called Magi, who were in ancient literature of the time, in other ancient literature of the time, are typically spiritual advisors to kings, are people who hang around with kings. These Magi arrived in Jerusalem, the capital of Judah, because somehow they saw a star, which they took as a sign that Judah had a new king. But Herod had been appointed king of Judah by the Roman Senate. It's not his birthright. The star is no sign of his kingship. So he's a little more than disturbed. But let's focus on the Magi, not Herod, for a minute. These mysterious ones who were looking for someone at the center of power were redirected to a small town of little fame, other than it was the birthplace of a former king of Judah, King David, who maybe they knew about, maybe they didn't. But their mission is redirected by Herod, and then the star appears again, and their spiritual senses redirect them to Jesus. They bring the most expensive gifts that Matthew could think of and give them to the child and his mother, Mary. And then they have a vision that they better find a way home outside of Herod's purview. Matthew doesn't tell us why they are interested in Jesus or why Magi from the East would bother to travel to see a child who was born king of a small country of little influence on the world stage. There's a lot of mystery here. 
But the lesson that Matthew seems to be driving home is that God's salvation does not come from the center of power. Herod, the government, Rome. It comes from the margins. It comes from a place where you don't really expect it. So let me tell you about Luisa Moreno. Luisa Moreno was born Blanca Rosa Lopez Rodriguez in 1907 in Guatemala into wealth and privilege. When Luisa was old enough to enter college, as Elizabeth told us, she was angry that she couldn't, and so she organized her peers to lobby the government. And a few years later, after a time of poetry and artists in Mexico, Luisa got pregnant. And she and her husband moved to New York City in 1928. And this is what I read, not 100% sure it's true, but she moved to New York City in 1928 to fulfill Luisa's wish that her baby would be a Latin from Manhattan. <laughs> I read it, must be true. Once in New York, they faced the same reality that many immigrants do here. They were unable to make enough money to continue to live the stable life that they had once enjoyed. Luisa got a job as a seamstress to support her family. And she was living and working in poor conditions, was broke and trying to raise a newborn baby. The best option at the time seemed to Luisa to join the Communist Party, to get her coworkers together and launch a union. She was very successful in that work. And in 1930, Moreno officially changed her name from Blanca Rosa Lopez Rodriguez to Larissa, Luisa Moreno for both her own self-preservation and to put a distance between herself and her family in Guatemala, who did not share her political views. It was also an intention of shedding her identity as a person formerly known as White, Blanca, would now be known as Brown. Moreno, along with all of the brown and black workers she was advocating for. I think that's pretty awesome. Luisa's natural talent as an organizer caught the attention of the American labor movement, and soon she got a job for the American Federation of Labor, the AFL. She was sent to Florida and set about mobilizing Latino and African American cigar rollers. Luisa had left the Communist Party by then, but she was more devoted than ever to organizing workers. She negotiated a contract for more than 13,000 workers in Florida, and then went and did the same in several more states across the country. Why haven't you heard of her? Why haven't I heard of her? Over the decades, Luisa traveled over the traveled the country forsaking her own right to a pleasant, settled family life in order to promote conditions, improve conditions of literally hundreds of thousands of American working class people. She ended up in Los Angeles organizing cannery workers primarily composed of Mexican and Jewish women, fighting discriminatory hiring practices and winning women better pay and hours and even an on-site daycare 
and on-site daycare and earning herself the nickname of California Whirlwind. Pretty awesome name. While in California, Louisa joined a group of community organizers working to expose the racism of the Los Angeles criminal justice system. That in itself is worth reading about. Eventually, it would be the accusation of communism amid the rising Red Scare in the 1940s that led to the end of Louisa's American career. In 1950, Louisa was deported after being declared a dangerous alien by the House of Representatives, incredibly named the Un-American Activities Committee. Louisa had the audacity to speak with boldness even when she was being threatened with deportation. She once said, they can talk about deporting me, but they can never deport the people I've worked with and with whom things were accomplished for the benefit of hundreds of thousands of workers. Things that can never be destroyed. Luisa Moreno had the audacity to take on power and bring change in each community and system in which she found herself. She knew what Matthew knew that the stories that many tell, stories of God tell us, that salvation does not come from those with power. Salvation and transformation happens at the margins. Those with power and privilege can bring change. They can influence the world for the better. But time after time, it is those on the margins those at the edges who organize themselves to demand changes and make a better world. There's deep truth in what Luisa Moreno said. One person can't do anything. It is only with others that things are accomplished. Let us live with audacity like Luisa Moreno and like the Magi, and like Jesus. Let us be open to transformation along the way as we work with others on the margins to create a better world. May it be so. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. To hear more about Hope Gateway and to discover how together we can do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with God, visit our website at hopegateway.com.